This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 25th, episode 2919, brought to you by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, Horse World. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. I would like to apologize ahead for the wind here, Glenn, has been so bad and we had such bad storms over the weekend. Two tornadoes touched down here in Oklahoma. It's just been, you know, Oklahoma in the spring, apparently. And uh, so some of the gutters around my house have been ripped off. And really? so it's so windy that they vibrate like really loud as the wind goes through them. So I would In like the to pre-show, I thought it was a plane going over. And I said, did a plane just go over? She said, no, that's my gutters. That's my gutters. <laughs> they ripped off the house. So we've got somebody who... The guy showed up to fix it um, over the weekend on Saturday, I think. Uh, but the problem is he he didn't call ahead and he drove up the driveway and he wouldn't get out of the car. And Chad's like, uh, calls me and he's like, there's some, the guy to fix the gutters is here. And I'm like, what? Nobody called me. He just showed up, but he wouldn't get out of the car because of the dogs. Oh, my vicious basset hound. Basset hound. Apparently he was... <laughs> Making eyes at him, and yeah, he was uncomfortable. How they can outrun anybody. <laughs> I know. It's so scary. I was like, maybe he should call first, and I can put that vicious basset hound away. <laughs> but yeah, so so I apologize for any noise. Oh, my gosh. the Were you hiding in your weather, food closet over the weekend? We did not go in the booze and food closet. So <laughs> we have a tornado shelter in our house, but it's also the pantry. They, they basically, it was the first thing they built on our new house, and it is a cement block room. I mean, it's a safe room basically. And that's where we keep the, the food and the booze. And so we had to stock it. Like, I just thought that was convenient. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's totally perfect. I didn't mean to do that. <clears throat> uh, so you have to bring the one thing they tell you to bring, make sure you bring shoes. Cause usually it's in the middle of the night. Oh, that's true. And you run in there. And then if, if you had to leave, there's and broken there's glass everywhere. everywhere and yeah. all that. Well, we didn't have to go in the shelter, but a couple a couple people did. My friend Larissa had to get in her shelter. Of course, she. Wh- what they say here in Oklahoma is you need to be quote weather aware. Okay, so Chad was at a, the football game on Saturday, and apparently they made an announcement like, "Hey guys, right now everything's fine, but be weather aware tonight." Well, my friend Larissa was not weather aware, and apparently was out watering her horses, and she's got a new foal, and she's out there like, yeah, "Everything's great," and then they, she hears the sirens. Uh kids. <laughs> Gonna need you to get the shelter. <laughs> I was like, what? So I was weather aware. She's not because I am the type of person. I did not grow up here. I do not like this. I think this is horrible. The fact that tornadoes can come through and there's a, a channel, like I said, News 9, Channel 9 is the like local weather guy. 
And he, I always say that Ch Chad calls it my reality TV because, you know, he'll be like at 422. It's coming to you, Norman. <laughs> like they, Everything is so I can't imagine living here before all the technology because they know where everything is. They've got trackers out. They've got helicopter. I'm like, who would fly a helicopter in this? But they've got helicopters out filming things and, and it is intense. And Chad always says that I like to watch the, the channel nine guy because his energy matches my anxiety. You know, like he's like, all right, guys, let's go. It's like super intense, but I feel like we're friends because like he helps me. You do get that way with the local weather guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, what? Why? I've never been like that before, but now I watched the weather. We watched it for two and a half hours on Saturday. That was like, whoa. Lucas is like, can we watch something else? I'm like, no. It's, it's kind of the same down here when it comes to hurricane time, right? Because you're watching it nonstop. It's just true. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. So David Payne, shout out to you. Thanks for hanging out with me on Saturday night. <laughs> That's funny. Not funny and not funny all at the same time. It's funny, not funny. Yeah. But I, I, I saw that some people were posting that lived out your way. I mean, they've had... Uh, you know, parts of buildings down and, and not even oh, from yeah. tornadoes, just the wind. Just the wind. The wind has ripped the gutters off my house. Like I can't, you know, the one, <clears throat> remember people, I only have one bunny. The one bunny I have is so sick and getting wind blown. <laughs> like, <laughs> God, I've got his, their cages. Like Lucas was out there holding onto its feet as it was taking off. <laughs> And he's so bad. So for those who don't know, uh, we had one bunny, but I can't have one bunny living by itself. So I got another bunny and it's like in a little rabbit cage next to the bunny. So they have friends and eventually, hopefully they can be together. But for now, they're just getting to know each other next to each other. However, the husband wasn't happy because April, our listener, gave my son this damn bunny and like... I'm like, I can't have one bunny. So I need to get another bunny. So what I did is I got a bunny that looks identical to the current bunny. And so currently we're on like day seven of my husband not noticing we have an oh, I said bunny. one day I lost. Yeah. You lost. He, you know what? He might know. I don't know. He hasn't said anything, though. And trust, <laughs> I really think he'd say something. So as of now, we've got like a little bunny turnout by the barn. So I like go down and I get the bunny and one of the bunnies and I put it in the turnout and he came down to the barn. The bunny was out. And then later on, I went put that one back and I go and I get the other bunny. So they fresh grass. And then he came back down again and he did not notice. Guys, this he did is get a an identical plan. bunny. <laughs> I got an identical bunny. One's a little bigger than the other, but that's okay. They're both neutered males and they look alike. And so everything is fine. Shh. Well, listen. we have a really badass guest coming on the show today. Her name is Rochelle Latka, and she's joining us because she just remember we had Eric on a week or two ago who talked about the Gaucho Derby and the Mongol Derby. Mm -hmm. Well, Rochelle just finished the Gaucho Derby. She's going to tell us all about that. She rode the whole thing. and But not only that, in the same year, a couple months later, she's also doing the Mongol Derby. I don't understand how these people do that when clearly we damaged Leslie Wiley with just the Mongol Derby. She's doing both. And she's also raising money for good causes and has raised a lot of money by doing this for good causes. So she's kind of badass. We're going to have her on. Candace is going to join us from the World Equestrian Center and give us a quick update over there. We have some equestrian first world problems. We got a lot going on. But next, we have to get to our daily winnies. <laughs> Happy birthday, happy birthday to you. 
We have one auditor with a birthday, Kaylee Dawn. It's her birthday. Happy birthday to Kaylee. Also, we have a brand new auditor last week. She saved the week, Amanda Coro. Thank you so much for joining up. We know it's a little bit of tough times with inflation and everything for everybody. So Amanda saved the week by becoming an auditor. And and, uh, thank you so much for joining the party. I need the birthday sound. Yes, that's right. You guys, Glenn had a birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you. It's one Did of those. You, I turned 60 yesterday, and I got to tell you. I wasn't going to say it. Well, I, I got to tell you, I thought a lot about it. It's one of those birthdays that you never, when you're younger, you never think you're going to get to 60. Not that you're going to die before 60. It's just, it's just one not of those. In your brain. It's not in your brain. And it, even when you're 55, it's not in your brain. So when you get to 60, it's like, holy crap, how'd I get to 60? I'm glad to be here after the last couple of years. I'm, I'm appreciative of that. But I'll tell you what, it's just one of those milestones that you go, hmm, never thought about being 60. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, I always say if you make it to 75, you can check out. So you've got a 15 more years. I got 15 years. more years yet? Yeah, if you make it to 75 and they, then you, you pass, like if I pass at 75, just be like, just know she's happy she made it that far. Well, I That's hope I'm I still on the air with you and you do another Daily Winnie and I'm 75. Yes, I love it. Well, I have another <laughs> Daily Winnie too, by okay. the way, besides the happy birthday. I received some news this weekend that I was so incredibly proud and excited about. Oh, what's that? So the horse that I bred, Pink's first baby, her name is Royal Empire, is her registered name. She's in Oldenburg, and her name is Zara, and she was purchased by one of our listeners. Did you see that Zara went to her first show over the weekend? I did not. And freaking won it. What? She won her horse trial. Was she Yay! the only one in the class? No, oh. <laughs> she actually had other people in the class. And and Kristen, who bought her, had her, she was like, green on green was not what I wanted to do. So she had her trainer rider and they cleaned up. So it was like an open division. Was it like an event? Three, yes, yeah. a three-day event. So and a horse trial, fantastic. I'm so proud. I'm so pleased. And I uh, just wanted to give a, a shout out You thought that horse her. would be good at eventing. Oh, yeah. I bred her to event. Her dad was a Grand Prix dressage horse and her mom was an eventer hunter extraordinaire. So the fact that that's why I purpose bred this mare to event and her brother, Stan Lee, who's now three, who also was same full siblings, same sire, same dam. Uh, So we're going to see what he wants to do. Hopefully it's eventing. And then I've got another baby coming on the way. Now, unfortunately, that sire passed last year. So I had to pick a new sire and his name is Devon Air. So, uh, but also purpose bred for eventing. So I'm I'm so excited. I'm going to ask a really dumb question. Seeing this is artificial insemination anyway, like with the sire that passed, do they have like a stockpile? They do. Apparently they do have frozen, but I prefer. It must, how long do, it can't keep forever, right? I don't know. That's a great question. I, I, they have sires that died 
10 years ago that you can still buy a frozen straw of. Oh, wow. So you can. Now, the problem with buying that, it was a lot more expensive and intimidating a horse via frozen is a lot more, number one, tricky and number two, expensive. And it requires a lot. And I was like, uh, you know what? I mean, when this baby hits the ground, I'm already like, I don't know, a million dollars in. So (laughs) because this sire that I, I got this time, Holy cow. Like to collect and, 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 and purchase Ruben Yon, especially for the second time, I got a really deep discount. I early booked with Zara. So I got a really good discount there. This one, they were like, here you go. And, and I had to do it twice with the current full. And each time they collected and shipped was $700. Whoa. Not including all of the other things. Does that so include like, the regular feed for the, no. no, that's addition. In addition, so I had to, to pay the stud fee, and then on top of that, seven hundred dollars, and then I didn't know how much it was. Jeez, like it was like expen- I got my. You're paying as much card. to have a real a regular human baby. <laughs> I know, and then <laughs> then I, they, they had to do it again, and I was like, oh god, this hurts. Like this is really <laughs> painful. So having having purpose bred really nice foals is crazy expensive, and if we, we will do, be doing this show to we're seventy five, <laughs> I'm gonna have to work that long. If if this goes well, I'm going to rebreed her. But I'm going to breed her to my friend Stallion, who's local. <laughs> like, just pull it out of one and put it in the other. We're good. <laughs> it's as close as she's going to be to ever meeting her husband. <laughs> she must think she's Mary of Magdalene right now. Mary, Jesus' mother. I don't know what happens. I just keep having babies. It's weird. <laughs> Hey, uh, we're going to get to uh, Candace over at the World Equestrian Center. And then why don't we do a question first world problems? We'll do them early in the show today. We'll Sounds switch good. it up a little bit. We have our guests coming on a little bit later, and I want to spend as much time as we can with her because uh, she has some stories to tell. But uh, also in the post show today, I wanted to mention that I'm going to talk about, remember we talked about the Be Real app? You signed up uh, on yes. Friday's show. And a bunch of our listeners signed up and friended us over there. But I, I've learned some things being on the, about people being on the Be Real app over the weekend. So I'm going to talk about those in the post show. So we'll do that. Did you learn what a hot mess I am? Like all the time? Because I, I gotta say, I was shocked that the selfie included you. Because I didn't think you would be in any of the selfies. I thought you would Hold it away. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Yeah, but uh, people have uh, uh, hold Ooh, it I away. Can duck out. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> exactly. So I was kind of surprised you weren't ducking out after our conversation about this app the other day. So let's go to Candace over at the World Equestrian Center and find out what's happening over there. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning, Jamie. Happy birthday, by the way, Glenn. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. So what's what's going on over there? I mean, I'm going to ask this question, and I know there's a ton going on. So what's happening over at the World Equestrian Center? Yeah, sure. Um, We have so much going on right now. World Equestrian Center is hosting a sudden impulse, which is an NSBA and futurity for quarter horses. We've got that through April 30th. Terrific horse show. We've got 1,500 horses over there. So that's free and open to the public. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, We invite people to come and take a look. It's going on all day, like 8 o'clock in the morning until 5 p.m. at least, and lots to see and lots to do over there. So in May, we have um, a terrific uh, Belgian Malinois national specialty show. Those dogs are extraordinary, and they do... um, you know, all types of agility type work, and that's free and open to the public as well. That's, um, the, that's taking place 
I was just going to say, Jamie, that's the one Mary got. Yeah, I know the Belgian yeah. Melon was. Are are you letting them stay in your hotels? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 not up to me. <laughs> They're stunning creatures and so talented. And um, yeah, so we're hosting their national show. So there'll be dogs from all over the country coming to that show. Wow. They use those a lot Definitely. for police dogs and stuff too, don't they? Uh, they do. Yeah. They're working. They're a working dog. Um, that's free and open to the public. So we'd encourage people to come out and, and just view what's going on with those extraordinary dogs. We love to have canine events at World Equestrian Center. We're really dog friendly, and um, you know they're they're going to be all over the property, so people can see them while they're showing and working, and people can see them while they're out and about with their handlers. From May fourth to eighth, we have our Region Twelve Arabian and Half Arabian Horse Show also free and open to the public, extraordinary horses, beautiful horses. They have costume classes in their native dress. They have, um, you know, over fences classes and, and flat classes and people can come and watch those horses. Those are terrific, terrific horses to watch. From the 6th to the 8th of May, we have the Ocala feathered horse classic, which is gypsy banner horses. Um, that's a lovely, beautiful breed. Those horses will be driving and going under saddle. That's also free and open to the public. And then Kentucky Derby weekend, we have the festivals of speed. We're calling it sort of the thoroughbred weekend. Festivals of speed is a luxury and classic and muscle car show. Um, those cars will be out all over the, um, the, around the grand arena and, um, people can come. It's, I think it's $20 for general admission and kids under 12 are free. It's beautiful, beautiful vehicles all out on display. And um, there'll be a lot of education around those vehicles and just a, a beautiful event. There's a sort of fancy cocktail party that takes place a little bit later. That's about $150 a ticket um, for that event. And then we have a Kentucky Derby viewing party from 5 to 7 that evening, the 148th running of the Kentucky Derby and there's a hat party that night. Um, so another ticketed event, it's about $395 for a couple. So that's a terrific event that's taking place. And if you buy a ticket to that, you get a bottle of bourbon and a hat. <laughs> I mean, win, win. It sounds like there's something for everyone. <laughs> and all you have to wear is a hat, nothing else. It's just the hat party. <laughs> dream on that would dream make on it fun. Yeah. <laughs> That would be $695 for that party. (laughs) It's terrific to watch that event on the big screen, though, and just to to see the majesty of those horses running at Churchill Downs. It's it's really an extraordinary. They call it the most exciting two minutes in sports. Sunday, we have a Mother's Day brunch from 9 to 1 at Stirrups. Um, That's going to be a terrific event. You know, there'll be chef stations and lovely specialty cocktails and things like that. That's $78 per person. So we've got a little bit of something for everybody this, uh, you know, next couple of weeks at WAC. One of the things I do like about what the, the events you have over there is that 95% of them are free. People can come yeah. in and just hang out and eat at one of the restaurants. We always mm-hmm. go to the Italian restaurant, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they can eat at one of the restaurants and, uh, uh, you know, just watch whatever's going on. So that that's one of the Absolutely. really nice things. It's so accessible to anybody. And you guys know, I mean, equestrians for the most part are people who are so passionate about what they do. They want to share. So if, if people have questions, most, most folks, if they're not too busy, are happy to talk and chat and share and, you know, really help educate people about what 
goes on in equestrian sports. And the ice cream is really good too. I'm just going to throw that in there because <laughs> it really is. Yeah, and the whoopie pies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, yeah, that's why I like it. I like the food. <laughs> it's so good. You've got to walk around the property just to burn off the calories that it's you can true. consume at Emma's or Ralph's. That's true. You know, yeah, for sure. Well, it's worldequestriancenter.com, and as I say every week, if you happen to be driving by, if you're on your way to Disney and you're heading down Route 75, it's only 10 minutes off of 75, make a day and stop at the World Equestrian Center. It's well worth the detour for, for one day. It, it really is. Stay overnight at the hotel or, you know, camp at the campground, anything you want to do there, and the food is terrific. So thank you, Candice, for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, guys. Have a great week. So I know you haven't been working with the horses a lot because of the horrendous winds, but uh, anything new on the horse front at the uh, flyover farm? You know what? I have farm boy just like four days a week. And so when he comes, I don't care what happens. Well, he's tall. He probably doesn't blow away as quick. Exactly. Exactly. No, we did. I I couldn't work yesterday because we had pretty heavy rain. Um, but every other day I've worked with all these horses. I mean, they're here. They might as well do something. And the Josie, the Clydesdale is doing awesome. Actually, I'm going to ride her today because farm boy's not here today. Um, but the other one, you know, I, I got this Tennessee walking horse mare in. And again, these were people that bought her out of a kill pen that, you know, popped across her Facebook and purchased it and has had her for a couple years, but I haven't been able to do much with her. So they sent her to me going, just do what you can. Let's see. I said, what's your goal? My goal is to saddle her up and take her for a walk. So I got her going to where, you know, it's weird. They, they tell you what they know and what they don't. So you can't approach her and you can't stand by her left hip because obviously somebody whipped her there. You know, I I don't know if you've ever been in a Tennessee walking horse, like big lick type of barn. I have unfortunately. And what they do is the horses stand tied to the back of the stalls and the particular person that I witnessed would walk in the stall and they whip them on their sides, whack, whack, whack to get them to move over to the wall so they can walk up and unclip them. So this horse Clearly has had that existence. The other thing that they do is an arena of these big lick Tennessee walking horses. They don't have sand in the whole arena. They just have a strip all the way around the arena. So they never go into the middle. That's where they have the gazebo and all the, you know, whatever. So this horse... I, I I can get her tacked up, you know, after I've been working on catching her, I can get her tacked up. I got her out to the arena. I've long lined her. I was like, we're going to long line in the big arena today. And so I have her in the middle and I posted a video of it because she was like really good. Just walking along, long lining in the middle. And then I went out to the rail. Glenn, she freaking took off like her tail was on fire because that's what they're trained to do is if you're on Mm -hmm. the rail, you just blast down the long side. And I was like, okay, so we did it about 600 times, you know, just to where she was just walking on it. You know, I don't ask physically a lot of this mare, just it's all mental with her. And she just immediately reverts back to this existence that she had before. And she's been able to paint a very good picture for me. And fortunately, or unfortunately, I've witnessed how they treat them because she was like, I always thought it was weird when I would walk to the stall and she immediately turns her butt to you and put her nose in the corner. And I'm like, and you can't walk in because there's a butt in your face of a scared horse. You know, it, it's, it's 
fairly intimidating. So I had to call her and I was like, man, here's the thing. I was like, your goal is is great to be able to tack her up and get on a walk around. I was like, I, I, I've got three more weeks. I don't know if that goal is ever going to be realistic. She's a big, you know, green on green beginner rider uh, with a, this horse. She's a 17 year old quarter horse. And that's what she meant to buy, but she saw the horse on and I can't blame her. She said, everybody has given me such a hard Mexi- time. It would have been in Mexico. So it yeah. would have without a doubt, because this mare is a physical wreck as that well. That doesn't as help her to have a horse emotional. to ride though. <laughs> no. And so it doesn't. So, so I just said, you know, I, the, the thing is, I, I think I can get on her. I think I can. I said, as of now, she views me as a high level predator. So I'm not going to get on her yet. But once she's okay, I will get on her and walk yeah, her but around. But you getting on her is different than green on green getting on her. That's what I told her. I go, but you getting on her. I mean, like, if she walked her near the rail and this mare reverted yeah, back, she'd be to in the, the dust. <laughs> just, she'd be gone. And this mare is not fast, but she moved like, well, she the fortunate thing is, though, the mare would just duck out from underneath her and be gone and she would land on her butt. So that's yeah. Well, nobody wants to do that, no, no. you know. And so, so we're we're gonna have to play with her and kind of see where she goes. But it is definitely a unique case. And again, I'm I'm glad slash horrified that I know what she's been through. Um, but hopefully, we'll we'll just have to play. Like I said, we'll just every day is gonna be different. But I said I'm I'm not gonna get on her yet because uh, I probably could. I could, but that's not gonna help her overall general demeanor and fear. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Well, no, no saying it'll go well either. So no, but see, the thing is, if you think about it, the way the horses learn, they have this filing cabinet in their head, right? They said so they see everything in pictures. So she has this filing cabinet in her brain and she has all these bad pictures at the front because that's the last time she was ridden. The last time she was worked, the last time she did any of the things that she did. She also was bred almost to death. Like the fact that she didn't die with what she has experienced in her hind end is amazing. So she was bred to death almost. And the filing cabinet of riding or being in a stall is all these horrible things. So I'm trying to replace them with better pictures. However, those pictures, they're still there, you know, and how much can I do in a month? I don't know. We'll see, uh, that, but it is definitely I, a, I told you we, my first hackney pony was bought at an auction and it was the Ohio Roadster Champion, and that pony, it took six months for that pony not to plaster himself against the back wall of the stall. Mm-hmm. When we walked by, and didn't even look at him. Yeah, same, same. And then That's I it. didn't drive him for a long time, and we ground drove him for a lot, and then I started driving him. But I'll tell you what, if, I, if today I had that pony, I'm not sure I would have ever driven him. Uh, when I think about what I didn't know back then, and right. I drove, Jennifer wouldn't go in the cart with me. Because he was just, you know, he was like driving a Ferrari all the time. And that's what he was bred. To, that's what he was trained to do. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think the older you get, I don't know if it's the smarter you get or the more scared you, I don't know what the word is. Um, but I don't know that I would feel the same way driving him today. <laughs> I don't yeah. Think I would. Yeah. And again, I, I, I'm a professional. I do this for a living. This lady does not do this yeah. for a living her owner so and she's like you know 17 year old quarter horse i'm back to that (laughs) yeah i I gotta give it to her because i was like she was like you know 
I, it was just a goal and she's going to be, if she is only a pasture horse at the end of this, that's all she's going to be. Nope. She was like, if there I can just go. walk she, up and catch her, then she's so understanding and realistic, she which has is the right nice. attitude. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, she's like, I've had her years and I still can't catch her, you know? So whatever I've done so far, she was like, just do what you can and we'll see what happens. Well, so I, if I she goes home and she can be caught, then that's a one step ahead. <laughs> that's a win. <laughs> you just spend a lot of money. Your horse. I really want to do better, but you know, I'm going to, it's got to be what the horse, it's got to be for the horse, not for the, the people. And she understands that, which is well, nice. Good. Well, you know, someone asked me, uh, which WinTech Jen wrote in and it's the WinTech light all purpose deluxe. The WinTech Lite is half the weight and double the fun. You'll feel supported while riding in the super soft and grippy saddle. A saddle so light, tacking up is simply a breeze. They're even lighter than the original WinTechs, the one you have for sure. I want to uh, see which one this is. I'm going to their website. What's it called? Uh, so it's called the WinTech Lite All-Purpose Deluxe. You can actually choose the cantle to suit your mood, and your horse will enjoy super soft panels, which mold in and around the muscles, hugging the, whatever conformation your horse has. So it's really a cool saddle. She really likes riding in it, and it's so easy to put on and take off and Ooh, wash. I want and that clean. one. That's yeah, it I is a nice saddle, actually, and it's really light. Uh, so visit wintech-saddles.com today to see Wintech's full range of saddles and reach a new level of comfort for you and your horse. It's hard to believe that they made the, the Wintech uh, all-purpose better, but they did. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is the time of the week where I read the sad, sad tales of woe that our auditors actually let me know is going on in their life. And on Sunday, we put up a post on the auditor's page and people can tell us what is going on. And if you want to be involved in this, Glenn, how do they become an auditor? Just go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the auditor banner in the upper right-hand corner. And for as little as $3 a month, you can help support the network and the host. Jamie gets part of that. Uh, and also be part of the fun. You know, you can get to hang out in the auditor room and get to get, contribute to the show. All right. Well, there was a lot of serious ones in here, by the way. I just want to warn you. There were were some real problems. There's a lot of real problems. (laughs) It was one of those weekends, I guess. But here we'll start with Hillary's because this sounds awesome. Hillary says, I'm going to see Weird Al tomorrow. So I have to miss my lesson and the schedule's packed. So I can't pick another day this week. Let's focus on the beginning. You're going to see Weird Al. Do you know who Weird Al is? Yes. Oh, yeah. And I think he's still, I think he's got a permanent residency in Vegas, doesn't he? I don't know. I'm just maybe he's. I don't know. I don't know. She didn't say where she's going, but all I could think of when believe, I read that he can't be young anymore. <laughs> he's got to be. No, he's, he's 62. Got, I just looked oh, it up. He's 62. Well, he's as old as you then. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Um, all I think is that song. I lost on oh, Jeopardy. No, he's still traveling. Ooh, I lost on Jeopardy. Weird Al. You know, he looks exactly the same as he did before. You know I'm fat. I'm fat. <laughs> same curly you know hair. Me. Come on, you know I'm fat. I'm fat. Well, I know that's Mark one I... song we won't be sued for or taken off the air for right there. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> uh, Margaret says, I am not a fan of Summer. Margaret, okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So when you say Weird Al, I also think of Gallagher. Is he still alive? Did you Maybe. ever see Gallagher? I never did, but I saw him on, you know, the TV. The, the watermelon guy? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'll look that up a while. Go ahead. 
They, they might be the same person. <laughs> they um, kind of looked alike, actually. Margaret says, I'm not a fan of summer. I get it, Margaret, because I hate winter, but I've started to appreciate it because of this. She says, there are biting flies, ticks, we get hot and sweaty, and now the bears are out. The only good thing is my pony finally gets to wear his cute new fly sheets I bought at the end of last summer. <laughs> See, that's why you shop at the end of the season. It's time to buy blankets now, people. Ariel says, I have an event coming up, which I'm ready for, but that means I have to try to keep my gelding clean with all the spring mud. No, you, mm, you can't fight it. No. Just bathe that morning. Just go. Just let him be. Let him go. <laughs> oh, by the way, Gallagher's 75. And wow. he, he did. He's alive and he retired years ago, apparently. He lives in Los Angeles. You there can't you yield the sledgehammer yeah. anymore. <laughs> it's too heavy. <laughs> TJ says, I was really craving both a ride on my horse and then a cheeseburger sub after, but I didn't get to do either because my boots got stuck in the mud and I did a belly flop onto a huge pile oh of God. horse poo. Oh. <laughs> Amy said, I spent a bunch of money on some amazing new competition gear for myself. And so far, every competition I've entered for the season has been rained out. Oh, but bonus, none of my gear is dirty. Well, that's true. <laughs> There's a silver lining right there. I mean, make a lemonade, baby. Uh, Marissa said, my husband, Scott, spent all weekend fencing in a new section of pasture. Yay. But now I have to walk like so much further to get my horses. That is annoying. <laughs> that is annoying. Um, can I Can I get just tell you something that happened last night? Because uh, it reminded me of it by reading, I think, TJ's. So last night, Lucas went to a movie with some friends. So Chad and I are like, let's go out. So we went to this restaurant and... They had a drink on the menu that I thought sounded really gross. It was like a, it was like a white Russian, but with a splash of Coca Cola. So it's like vodka, Kahlua, uh, Kahlua and, and Coke together, and milk. Ew. And I was like, Coke and milk together—that's <laughs> disgusting. And the bartender goes, "Hey, can I?" It turns to Chad and he goes, "If I make this, will you drink it? If she doesn't, Chad's like, sure. So he makes the drink, and I take a sip of it, and I'm like. Oh, it's okay. You know, it's okay. Chad's like, that's really good. So Chad drinks it. We get the bill. He put it on the bill. He charges $15 for a Coke milk drink. And I was like, dude, why is this on our bill? And he's like, oh, you drank it. I was like, you ask us if we wanted it, not if we wanted to pay for it. <laughs> you offered to make this. He sells more I of those that way. <laughs> Oh, I was like, that has to be the, and I said that, I was like, that's the only way you sell the drink, isn't it? Because you trick people into having to pay for it. I was super mad. I'm obviously still mad about it. I obviously. <laughs> I just You're didn't just think that was fair. You didn't drink it and Chad did. To be fair, I was like, that's really good. It was gross. Let's be real. Uh, okay. Milk and I'm Coke. Not, I'm not good not with milk and alcohol anyway, so. Um. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie said, I finally bought new reins for my horse, but now I won't know how sure my reins need to be because there's no wear marks on them like the old ones. <laughs> get, get yourself some duct tape, some colored duct tape, put a little strap on That's there. That's true when you get new leather anything because you count on the hole being worn out that you need to put it into. And then you get new leather stuff, even halters and stuff. It's like, I don't know which, I don't remember which hole this one goes in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Flossie says, my first side saddle wasn't really a perfect fit for my horse, so I have to buy another one. And the new one's going to fit perfectly on her narrow shoulders. 
but I have to wait three more months until I get it. It's not fair. <laughs> I did learn something doing the side saddle episode the last time. Apparently, fitting side saddles to horses is a nightmare. It's it's a science. Here's my surprise face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fitting saddles to horses, no matter what. Uh, Carrie says, I took my new horse to a dressage clinic this weekend for our first off-the-farm adventure, and it went awesome. But the clinician told me, with great horse comes great responsibility. And I'm like, that's a lot of pressure. Am I like having to be a superhero now? <laughs> I always think that too. Like I need a less fancy horse. Cause I'm not going to do this horse justice. <laughs> Tanya says after saving up for a year, I bought a brand new dressage shuttle. That's gorgeous. And I love it. But now my older jump saddle seems old and uncomfortable by comparison. I need another new saddle. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, Kristen, who aforementioned Kristen, who won with Zara over the weekend, she said, I have so many horse show related problems, but like number one, Zara won a fly bonnet with her blue ribbon and the fly bonnet is red and she's chestnut and it looks awful on her. <laughs> yes, it would. Uh, uh, red and chestnut. No, it does. I just, I haven't seen it work yet. Uh, the severe wind, Laura says, yeah, Laura, I feel you won't stop this year. And it's been cold and I've only ridden outside once and we have a show in a month and I should skip it, but I'm so far behind on fencing and repairs now. So I should skip the show, but then I'm bailing on people who count on me to split fuel costs. <laughs> you would not be the first person to not yes, go to a show no, because they had responsibilities. That's true. It's very grown up of you. Richard said we, one more. Oh, okay. I'll go with Carly. Sorry, you guys. Um, Carly says, I have an injury to my big toe on my left foot. And then my horse decided to spook and stepped on my right foot last oh, no. night. And my feet just can't catch a break. <laughs> She's not walking anymore. <laughs> no. Let's finish with Nana. Uh, I finally have a new horse to jump. And my trainer wants to go cross-country schooling this Saturday. But it's Kentucky Day, and so I need to stay home in my sweatpants and watch the live stream. That is why I'm going, because I'm so tired of sitting at home in my sweatpants watching the live stream like the last year. I can't do it. I got to go. And remember, if you're going to go to Land Rover, okay. send me a message. I'm going too. All right, let's go to our guest for the day. And as I said, she's a badass. Her name is Rochelle. She's the head wrangler at Spotted Horse Ranch. But that's not why we're talking to her today. We're talking to her today because she was referred by Eric, our friend over there at the Mongol Derby, because she just finished the Gaucho Derby, which I saw all the pictures for and looked amazing. And she's also doing the Mongol Derby all in one year, a matter of a couple months apart. We'll see if she's recovered yet for the first one and ready to go on the second one. And she had some adventures down there in the south of the world. So we'll talk to her about that as well in Patagonia. The PhD equine nutritionists at Purina Animal Nutrition ta tackle problems using science. Their love of horses keeps them at it until they get it right. Even with the most established feeds, they keep innovating. Even when it takes years of research, they don't stop until it's just right. They're dedicated to the scientific method, but science can't capture that special feeling of seeing a horse reach their full potential. It takes science and love to help your horses live their best life. Put Purina's research to the test at at horseinnovation.com.
Rochelle, we're just so excited to have you on today. You know, I, I've used the term badass about you about 15 times in your introduction. So, um, <laughs> Oh, gosh, I hope that's not too much of a false lead up. <laughs> yeah, so you have to lead it. You have to live up to that. You already did. You already did live up to it. What made you want to go to the <laughs> south of the world and ride through the mountains on, on, on uh, ponies you have never met before? Um, well, to be really honest with you, I, um, I applied back in 2019 and I had heard like whispers about this magical Mongol Derby race. And so I did the Google search and kind of started looking into that because at the time I had just, um, I was working as the office manager at a dude ranch and I'd been in that position for like two years and it was just wearing on me. I missed being outside at the barn and running the barn and I just decided I needed some adventure so I was looking into this Mongol Derby race, and when I um, talked to Eric, uh, he told me that it was full for 2021, but there was this new race, the Gaucho Derby, um, which he could he could put me down for. And I was like, you know what? Just put me down for both. Let's go for it. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> and so, yes, I got to do the Gaucho Derby um, just a month ago, and then the Mongol Derby will be coming up in August. And really it's just this sense of adventure. Like I, I live for it. I crave it. I get really antsy being in the same place for too long. Um, and well, you're so not going to have that problem getting... in the Mongol derbies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear. I, to be honest, there was a lot of, a lot of walking on my own two feet and on the horses in the gaucho derby. But from everything I've heard about the Mongol derby, it's like, much faster pace. Yeah, you're going to wish you were walking in some places. <laughs> so, so we've I think I will. We've covered the Mongol Derby for 12 years since we started this show. And I mean, covered it. We did nightly coverage. We'd follow the dots and do it live oh with the families and the whole thing. So, and and actually yeah. one of our good friends from the show did it. We challenged her to do it on the air here, and then she did it and she's never come back since. She's never forgiven us. So, nope, we're hoping that you're doing you're going to do better. But what I got to talk to you about the Gaucho Derby. What was I saw your pictures and i mean the pictures are just stunning because the mountains are stunning but what was that like and what kind of horses did you ride down there we know the mongol derby horses (laughs) we know what their stories are but what about down there in patagonia so in patagonia we were riding um mostly criollos which is kind of like the south american or the argentine version of like our american quarter horse it's kind of like their go-to working horse it's what all the gauchos ride um, when they're move, working the cows and, um, it's just a, a solid working horse, which was exactly what we needed for this race. Like so the they're better we behaved than the Mongol horses? I think so. Okay, yeah. So these ones, yeah, by our American definition, like these ones are a hundred percent like broke to ride. They're ready. You can like confidently get on most of them. <laughs> um, the biggest, the biggest questionable factor for these horses was the saddlebags. Cause not many of them, if any have ever had saddlebags on them before. And so having these things flapping around on them, um, could sometimes be a bit of a test. And so you really had to make sure that your saddlebags were like strapped down as tight as possible and they wouldn't be bouncing around on the back of the horse and um, I think every single person throughout the race had, you know, at least one horse that had, had a little fit about the saddlebags. And, um, I know about halfway through the race, I had my first like big blow up and I was like, that was the first time. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to get on that horse. <laughs> um, <laughs> cause I'd put the saddlebags on and then walked them around with them a little bit and then started to trot. And as soon as I started trotting, 
that horse blew up. Everyone was like, clear out. And the horse is just going nuts. And I'm just clinging to the end of this like 30 foot flimsy nylon rope, just trying to get him back under control and calm down. And, um, luckily it turned out to, he got used to him really quickly and I swung up on him and we galloped out of there and he ended up being my favorite horse of the whole race. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you change horses every day? I know at the Mongol Derby, you'll change horses a couple times a day, but how did this work? Cause you're out in the, I mean, you're more remote than even the Mongol Derby. Yeah, absolutely. So the race organizers, the amount of effort and logistical brain power that they had to put in to make this race work is truly astounding to me because they had to herd some like, you know, groups of 30 to 40 horses into these remote vet stations and they had to do it ahead of us racers, you know, and we ended up moving at a faster pace than they anticipated. So sometimes, you know, they were like just hours ahead of us getting them, getting them there. Um, and so we didn't change every day. It was, it kind of depended on the terrain that you were going across and how strenuous it was for the horses and stuff. But I ended up riding seven different horses throughout the entire race. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was almost like every other kind of vet check or vet station you'd, you end up swapping. I, I'm going to post a, the picture I'm using in the show notes as of you on the dappled gray with the lake in the background. <laughs> that's such a good picture. Yeah. But that's yeah, not that my favorite amazing. picture of you. Now, you're you're very good looking and you're very photogenic, which I think the photographers <laughs> really like because there was a lot of pictures of you at the Council Derby. But the one... <laughs> I'm going to say that's their editing because I'm not that photogenic. <laughs> I've seen pictures of myself. There's some cringeworthy ones out there. <laughs> the one I liked of you wasn't even with a horse. And apparently you have to explain something that happened with this picture. It was you in this yeah. old building beside the wood stove. And it was just yeah. a great I mean, you look like you were from the 1800s in that picture. But apparently there's something <laughs> involving dogs that went along with that picture. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I got so much crap about that when I got back home here because the way that they posted it on the Goucho Derby website was that I mistakenly put my saddle in the doghouse, which like, yeah, what an idiotic thing to do, Rochelle. Duh, don't, why would you put your saddle with the dogs? The thing was, we were told to put our saddles there by the Estancia owner. And so um, the first handful of us, I think there were maybe five of us that ended up putting our saddles there before this incident occurred. And so we'd had them there for a couple hours because um, Holly, Laura, and myself got into that particular vet station um, a bit ahead of everyone else. And so we'd hung up our saddles, everything was fine. And in that picture, I was enjoying my nice hot cup of soup, feeling really good about myself. And then, um, something made me, I needed something out of my saddlebag. So I just meandered on down there and I turned the corner and just freeze because there's this really adorable dog just gnawing on a breast collar. And I'm like, Oh man, sucks for that person. Let me go get it. And as I pick it up, I'm like, no, this is mine. And like, <laughs> they had like, they, by the time I got it, they'd already eaten half of it down. So I actually, I brought it home with me as a, as a souvenir. <laughs> um, so I rescued half of my breast collar. Meanwhile, Laura, the girl that I rode in with, hers was completely gone. There was no sign of her breast collar, except for like this tiny little hard portion of it that the dogs well they have leather eating dogs in <laughs> patagonia that's... yeah I, I mean i can't blame them you know we give our dogs rawhide chew toys and like that's what our, our cat oh, was true. made out of yeah, so like true, again I, I can't i can't blame the dogs but 
Oh man, I was like, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to ask you also about something else that happened. Uh, you were riding, you were pretty much toward the front, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to ask you about it. So there was a lot of the thing about this that's a little bit different than the Mongol Derby, too, is navigating. There was a lot of navigation to do. And you mm-hmm. guys at the end decided to take an alternate route from what <laughs> others did. And from what I hear, that cost you. Yeah. Yes, it did. Um, again, this is the other thing I got so much crap for. <laughs> and you're still getting crap, like, apparently. Doing- <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I will never live it down. Here's the thing, though. If you read my bio going into the Gaucho Derby, I was very upfront about the fact that like navigation is not my strong point. The very first time I drove myself to my own high school after riding the bus there for two years, I had to print out because, you know, we still printed directions. I didn't have a smartphone, printed out my Google Maps directions to get myself to my high school. There were two turns, two left turns is all I needed. So like navigation is not my strong point in life. So it was shocking that I had done as well as I had up to that point. And to be honest, oftentimes I was riding with one to three other people. And so there were a lot of group decisions. And so we worked together really well to get, you know, to that point. But yeah, on that that last day, um, Holly and I topped out, took in this epic view of Mount Fitzroy, and then knew that we had to kind of go down a little bit to get into the um, that check 17. And so we start kind of riding down and then we realized we're angling down a little bit maybe too much but we're like well like we were looking at our gps unit and we're like well we're still kind of on track for it like i think we're okay and then it gets to a point where um we hit a fence line the dreaded fence lines in this country and so we had the option to either kind of like go up and around or down and around and um and so my partner that i was riding with at the time she's like i'm just I'm just over it. Whatever, like whatever the path of least resistance is and me being me, I look up to the right. And I'm like, looks like that ravine will take us down. Let's do that. <laughs> and like, so we had a brief conversation about it, but yeah, we ended up following the fence line down to the, to the river. Um, and then it, we were like, Oh, this looks like it'll be so easy. Then we'll just hang a left and pop back up to the vet station. And yeah, this will be great. But it was so much steeper than we anticipated and so overgrown. And, um, we if you use the word ravine in a sentence, <laughs> it is not going to be a better option to take that. Yeah, because that means okay. there's a wall going up, too. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? It's just a ravine. Here's the thing, though, Jamie. Like, your definition, by this point, it's the last day of the race. Like, my definition of what's steep and what's not is obliterated. Like, steep is no longer a thing to me. Like we weren't riding horses. We were riding freaking mountain goats. The things that we'd already asked these horses to do. And like they did with such ease made this ravine seem like a very logical option. I'm one of those. And I don't know if I'm abnormal or not, but I always found hiking or whatever, riding bike or whatever going up was always seemed better to me than going down. Was it the same for you on this race? Yeah. Normally, yes. And here's the thing. Eric Eric warned us. He's like, if you get elevate, elevation, keep elevation. Person the entire race are like, let's stay high. Let's stay high. Until this ravine called my name and I said, let's go low. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was. But by the time we finally popped down, it got to the bottom of this ravine. It was six o'clock and you're supposed to be camped. Well, we popped out onto the back of some private estancia 
So we had to race along the river to get to an appropriate campsite where we could graze our horses and get them water. And um, where we ended up camping for the night, you could, we could literally see the finish line. The finish line was 3.7 kilometers to my right. And that check 17 was like 4.25 kilometers to my left. <laughs> so we, we could see the green domes. We could see the smoke from the kitchen. Like we could see it. It was right there, but we had to backtrack. And, uh, and then to add insult to injury, we had to pay it. We had to pay out our time penalty because we were half an hour late to camp. So we had to wait an hour when we got to vet check 17. Um, so yeah. All right. You know so, what? so everybody, we need to, we try and give the listener somebody to root for a Demongol Derby. Now, oh, Rochelle's <laughs> not going to make that mistake again. So, um, so we all need to root for Rochelle. We need to follow She's her. A lock. <laughs> She's, She's a, a lock. lock. She's got this figured out now. And now the hills totally. are different in Mongolia, and we don't know how she's going to do drinking fermented mare's milk yet. We don't know if that's going to make her sick. So I, we, I lived in Tanzania for two and a half years and ate some gnarly stuff, so I'm feeling oh, good about you're my probably stomach pretty issues good. in this country. Yeah, you're probably going to do all right. We we do have somebody good to root for. All right, Rochelle, you're our pick. You can't disappoint us in Mongolia. We're going to be following you, and I want to talk to you once before you go, okay? So, and you're doing August, right? You're doing the second one, correct? Okay. Yep, exactly. All right. We're going to follow you. And I'll put a link to her, Rochelle's Facebook page too. If you want to see some amazing pictures, you have them public on there. So you can go check out her amazing pictures and everybody's amazing pictures also from the Gaucho Derby. It it is a pretty country. (laughs) It's really pretty. Yeah. Oh, just breathtaking. Yeah. There's not too many places like it in the world, I I imagine. You know, one other question Mm -hmm. and I'll let you go. Were they friendly down there? The Mongolians are super friendly, apparently, and, you know, take you in Mm -hmm. and feed you. Was, Was it the same down there did you get the same vibe yeah I, d- I definitely got the same vibe as long as i will say as long as you are willing to kind of put in the effort yourself and acknowledge um i think in a lot of situations you know you you get whatever you give and so you know no matter how frazzled i was i always tried to like you know come in with a smile and use my pathetic spanish to like make some polite conversation or crack a joke or whatever um but no, I, I just, everyone, everyone was so, so helpful. The gauchos were amazing. Um, very generous with their flasks as well. I will say, um, <laughs> sounds like you needed I now that. Know the art of, yeah, yeah. What's the oh drink my, of choice in Patagonia, by the way? Fernet y Coca. Um, Fernet is like the liquor part and then you mix it with Coca-Cola or oh, there you go, Jamie. Malbec as the wine, <laughs> she just talked about a drink yeah, with Coca Cola. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of tastes kind of medicinal. So you either love it or hate it. I'm definitely on the love side. Um, but yeah, if Fernet's not your thing, Malbec wine is always on hand as well. You were thirsty. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, she was drinking anything. She just wanted some booze. <laughs> well, we're very excited to follow you come August. Uh, you know, I think you're crazy doing two in one year. But uh, also, real quick, I just wanted to mention that you have raised a lot of money for charity already, and you're going to continue raising money for charity for this race, correct? Yeah. Yeah. For the Gaucho Derby, I um, at the time that I entered the race, I'm not going to cry this time. I've already cried enough about it because it meant so much to me. But when I entered the Gaucho Derby, um, my mom was dealing with breast cancer at the time. And she's been a lifelong supporter of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. I was a tried out in college. That was our, our charity of choice. 
Um, and so that was my designated charity for the Gaucho Derby. And then I donated all that money in my mom's name. So it was not a we ended up amount. raising, yeah, it was $15,750 wow. that we wow. were able to, to donate to St. Jude. And, um, so then for this race, upcoming race, Step and Hoof is the official charity for the equestrianists for this race. Um, and they kind of help keep alive the, um, the traditional lifestyle of the Mongolian herdsmen out there, which would be just devastating to lose. And so they provide them help kind of help them get some vet care and um, some modern knowledge that they can keep the herds healthy. And then my second charity is the Jed foundation, um, which deals with mental health, kind of focusing on um, teens and young adults. My younger brother in the last four years has lost gosh, now six friends to various mental Mm-hmm. Um, mental health issues. And so whatever money I raise for that charity will be donated in my younger brother's name. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Now we're definitely rooting yeah, for thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. That was my primary goal. I just wanted, I just want to finish every race and actually earn the money that people, people have donated because kind of people sponsored kilometers is basically how I raised all the money. So I just want to finish each race and actually earn the the very generous donations that people, um, people sent in. All right. Good for you. Well, I'll post your link to Facebook uh, on our show notes so that everybody has it. And we'll talk to you once again before you head out. Okay. Sounds good, Glenn. Thank you so much, Jamie. All right. It was fun talking to you guys. Thank you. Good luck. Yeah. Have a good day. Well, there you go. Somebody to follow doing things for good causes and she's a little bit crazy. So it's perfect. And (laughs) the person that is the most directionally challenged went to Patagonia to ride through the mountains. (laughs) If she could do it, anybody can do it, Jamie. Exactly. Sounds easy. (laughs) Yeah, it just sounds like something you want to do. At least the horses sounded better trained in Patagonia. Uh, So there's that. I wonder how her Mongolian is. She says she spoke a little Spanish, but I don't know that she speaks a lot of Mongolian. Is that That's why language? she put her saddle in the wrong place. <laughs> Is that the language, Mongolian? I don't know. I made that up. I have no idea. So, <laughs> Eric, you can tell us. She, he's listening to this. Uh, you can tell us if it's Mongolian or not. Well, uh, we're going to call it a day. We're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we you t- have... Wait, you tease something about Be Real. Oh, we're going to do that in the post-show. Okay. Uh, in the post show, we're going to talk about the Be Real app, what I've learned watching people's pictures go by. Uh, tomorrow's Horse Illustrated episode. She has some great guests for you there. Uh, and then Wednesday and Friday, Jamie and I will be here. Well, not Friday, actually. Not Friday. I have a special right, episode so for everybody Friday. I, I have an answer for you on the language. The call. Kalka dialect constitutes the basis for the official language of Mongolian. Mongolia, the other dialects, the number and grouping of which are controversial, are spoken predominantly in China. With the closely related Buryat language, Mongol forms the eastern part of the Mongolian languages. So, Kalka. I'll remember that uh, for about two minutes. You won't remember two minutes. <laughs> it's already gone. What did I say? You don't even remember. <laughs> All right, so we're looking forward to uh, fresh shows for you through Thursday, actually through Friday, because I have a very special episode planned for Friday as well. Uh, And I have my quote for the day. So, Les Brown said, and this comes because, uh, you know, it was appropriate seeing I turned 60 yesterday, you are never too old to set another goal or dream a new dream. So... Do you have a new goal? Uh, uh, My goal was to stay alive till 60. So now I do need a new goal. You got to come up with a new one. I got to come up with a new one. Tune back in on Wednesday. Mongol Derby, here I come. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Spain New Geld, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>